Hello there, friend. Welcome back to the Cash Confidence Stylist Podcast. So before we get into this episode, I got a question for you. How often do you ask yourself, where the hell is my money going? Okay, look, a lot of us, that runs in a constant loop in our mind. And it's time to take your first step towards financial empowerment. So I wanted to give you a free resource that is going to help you do just that. I wanna give you Assess Your Situation, which is the first module in my course, as well as your guide to figuring out where the fuck your money is actually going. Sorry if you have kids in the car. So this is gonna be a free guide that I've created to help you break the loops, providing you with tools to assess your current financial situation. You don't even have to break out the calculator and to help you gain awareness about what you actually need to start making those money moves where it truly matters. So go ahead and scroll all the way down to the bottom of the show notes and snag it. The link is down there um, and enjoy this episode. Let me know how assessing your situation goes. Thanks friends. Welcome to the Cash Confident Stylist Podcast. Here, we dive into topics that reach far beyond the salon. I'm your host, Misty Jane. I'm a life and money coach for stylists who are obsessed with personal growth. I help you enhance your mindset around money, build a business that lights you up, and create a life of peace. Me and my guests are on a mission to normalize the wealthy stylist while creating a safe space to be perfectly imperfect. Wanna join me? then you're in the right place. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the Cash Confidence Stylist Podcast. In this episode, this is part two of the Luxury Service Master's Course. If you missed part one, go back to episode 125. I believe it was released on February 27th and go give it a listen. Again, this is a four-part series where we are talking about how you can level up your services and provide luxury services, a luxury experience, luxury marketing, branding, all of the things. We are joined with my friends Anna Lambert, the Woo Woo hairstylist, Lindsay Means, and Jody Brown, the branding and marketing educator for the beauty industry. So in part two, we have got Lindsay Means, and she is talking all about how you can use human design to level up your customer service like nobody's business. She has some amazing tips that I am so excited for people to implement, and I'm so excited to hear how this shifts not only like your business behind the chair, but just how your clients um, leave feeling. So please, please, please enjoy and do not forget to look out for part three coming at you April 24th. Enjoy. Okay, so let's like flip this around a little bit because we've been talking about luxury services, extensions, how it can like, you know, redefine your business, all of the things. Um, But I know Lindsay and I, we talk a lot about human design and kind of who our clients are. I know that you, there's like a certain percentage of people that are, and I could be wrong, generators. Mm -hmm. Is that correct? Can can you pop in and kind of start talking about like... um, that human design. Well, first of all, what is it <laughs> for anyone listening and kind of how that could play into the salon atmosphere? Oh my God. Yes. I could talk about this all day long. So first, if you don't know what human design is, it's all about energy. And like Anna was talking about in the last episode, we are all energy. The table's energy, your clients are energy, the products you use are energy. And 
So when you understand where you're transmitting and receiving energy to and from your clients behind the chair, it's a game changer. And human design is like the operation manual for your body. So I like it to describe it like this. Your body is the all intelligent vehicle. It breathes on its own. It heals itself. Our subconscious mind is literally creating our reality and our soul, our spirit, who we are, we're designed to be the passenger and just enjoy this ride called life. But due to conditioning, due to how we grew up, due to society and all of the things, we're sitting in the passenger seat trying to take over the wheel. And that's why you feel this discord within our body. So that's where human design comes in. It says, here is the operation manual on how to run your body and let it do its freaking thing. And so it is a modality that combines astrology, Kabbalah, I Ching, the chakra system, and quantum mechanics. And it uses your birth details to create your chart. And there's a link in the show notes if you want to get your chart and follow along. Um, if you don't know what time you were born, just put 12 p.m., but know that the information may not be correct because it is based on your time. And so that's a little intro into what the heck it is. Um, and just be warned, when you get your chart, you may say, what the hell am I looking at? That's what I said when I saw mine. There's a lot of weird terminology, hieroglyphics, like Misty always says. Um, <laughs> it's like an alien language, and I'm a really good translator. Um, so what Misty was talking about with generator types, so there's five different energy types, and this is kind of like your sun sign in astrology. And it's how your energy shows up in the world. And 70% of the population are going to be manifesting generators, which is what I am, or and what Anna is, or generators. And the so that means 70% of your clientele, 70% of your audience are generator types. And the main the main piece of information that you need to know as a hairstylist, as someone who is um, working with clients is that generator types are responders. And this is it. We were talking about consultations in the last episode. And during your consultation, ask yes or no questions. If you say, what color do you, what do you want to do with your hair today? I'm like, I don't know. Like, there's a lot of things I could do. But if you say, do you want to go lighter? Do you want to go darker? Do you, you want to be brighter? Um, those yes or no questions are giving your clients something to respond to. And first with human design, it's learning about yourself and how you show up, but then you can apply this to your consultation process. I have a friend, Gabrielle, and she gets on her consultation form. She gets her clients, human design information so she can cater the experience to them and talk about luxury. Like that's what I was about to say. That's <laughs> Yeah. Like when you know what your clients and you don't have to know everything, all you have to know is the big three, which I talk about a lot. Um, so it's really magical when, when you first, it's imperative that you understand yourself. And as a hairstylist, as a business owner, you're the heart of your business. And just like Anna was talking about with your energy, if your energy is low vibe, you're going to be attracting low vibe people. And you want to understand your energy so that you can start magnetizing those people that are for you. And I think that's the biggest thing about human design is that it helps you feel seen, heard, and validated for being you. And so when you understand that for yourself, that's magical, but then creating that luxury experience. And I think sometimes with hair, it's really like that luxury experience is who is in the chair right now. 
It's not about mm. cookie cutter. Like we cater, we customize the formula, we customize the extensions, we customize everything to them. So what if we're also customizing how we interact with their energy? That's like next level in my mind. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay, I remember you saying you had a moment where um, you could see the future of the business changing in regards to spirituality and like deeper modalities that could be added into the salon experience. Could you talk about that a little bit? Oh my God. Yes. I, I really do see the whole entire world changing, but hairstylists are so incredibly magical that we touch people. And just like we talked about in the last episode, some people aren't touched. Some people have maybe have never had a scalp massage. Some people have maybe never had a hand massage. And you're not only touching them physically, but you're touching them with your energy and who you are. And I really see a vision of the future where hairstylists are healers. And uh, this may be a little woo-woo, but I know we're, we're, all of our audiences are probably down for that, but light workers. And when you start healing, when you start focusing on yourself, whether that's with human design, uh, personal development, inner work, you start transforming other people automatically just by you, you changing. I remember when I was on my personal development journey, my clients were like, there's something different about you. What's changed? I was like, well, I started meditating. I started doing yoga. I started loving myself and accepting myself. And then I started talking about it and sharing it with them. But I, on the topic of luxury, I know a lot of hairstylists are doing Reiki behind the chair. I know a lot of hairstylists are, are in, and salon owners are incorporating Reiki rooms and they're providing these services apart from hair. But I think that there's something magical. If someone's already in your chair for two hours, I know before I retired from behind the chair, I was doing an experiment and I called myself the human design hairstylist and I jacked up my prices and I was like, you're going to get not only an all-inclusive hair service, but you're going to get a human design reading and a coaching session because you're here. And I literally was with them the whole entire time. I was in a suite, so I didn't go to the break room when they were processing like I usually did. I stayed with them the whole entire time and I talked about their human design and they would... I mean, they're already opening up with us. We're hairapists. So you might as well um, enhance their life, but then also charge a premium for it. Um, and so I really do see adding those, those energetic upgrades to your service to create luxury and you don't have to do it. That's also going to attract a different type of person which those are the type of people I wanted to hang out with all day long. And so the people who were open to talking about that versus who, who won the bachelor, or I don't even know if that's the right term because I don't watch that. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I didn't want to talk about that. I wanted to talk about deep stuff. And so I tried to incorporate it in my services and, and charge for it. Um, so that's what I see. I see, I see salons being the epicenter of their, their communities by opening up their spaces to host breathwork ceremonies, to host cacao ceremonies and women's circles, and really bringing more of a community aspect within their space. And 
if you're not a salon owner, doing that in your suite, doing that behind the chair. Like I would, I always had, I always focused on luxury. It was like all inclusive. I had snacks, I had chargers, I had, you know, obviously Wi-Fi and all the things, but I was really, I checked in on them every 10 minutes and I really focused on that person in front of me. And it doesn't take much to do that. But Mm-mm. I know a lot of people, like I've been in behind the chair where I was like, oh my God, but is, is my hair falling off? Like they forgot about me. Like, where are they? And it, you <laughs> getting your hair done can be very stressful. And like Anna was talking about, um, I'm going to pivot a little bit because Anna was talking about getting her hair cut and she only wanted an inch or two and the lady cut like four inches. And we know in that story, you needed four inches, probably more. But, you know, like we know, like it's, it's healthier, like cut off the four inches. It's going to look healthier. It's not going to look as, you know, it's going to look better, believe me. Um, (laughs) but there, I feel like there is a lot of, there are a lot of limited beliefs that are affecting hairstylists. So I tell this story. I used to have, I got traumatized basically every time I got my hair cut and I got traumatized as a kid and they cut. I, I wanted some fashion mullet and the lady cut, gave me like inch hair. Like I had a pixie and I left crying and bawling my eyes out. And every single time after that, my limited belief was every single time I get my hair cut, they always cut it one to two inches shorter. So mm-hmm. hello. Every time I got my hair cut, it was always one to two inches shorter. So this was, oh my God, probably four years ago. Um, I don't know. It was a while ago. And my sweet mate, Gabrielle, she cut my hair. And I said, I want it to my collarbones or I don't, I don't want it past my collarbones is what I said. And sure enough, she cut it to my chin. It was one to two inches shorter than what I wanted. And I was like, as soon as I looked in the mirror, I was like, like, okay, cool. Like, great. Like this happened again. What am I going to do? I can't glue my hair back on. And I didn't want extensions at the time. So <laughs> I was like, okay, Anna's I'm like, wait a minute, it. but you can. I'm like, I, know. <laughs> I'm like, uh, I could have helped you out there, girl. <laughs> I know if I did it. I'm weird about feeling like I've never tried them. Cause I'm like, I could feel it. Um, but, but so I like, I went home and it was right before the holidays and I was pissed and I was like, Oh, it was so annoying. I cried so much and I was so angry and old me would have never brought it up again to her. I would have just been pissed. It would have ruined our friendship and knew me was like, you know, I'm going to talk about this with her. And I talked about it with her and I was like, Gabrielle, you are so good at consultations. You are so good at listening. Like what the hell happened? Like I said, I want I want, I didn't want to pass my collarbones and it was two inches shorter to my chin. Like what was going on? And she was like, you know, it's really interesting because we had talked about it and I knew exactly what you wanted. And then when I was done with it, I was like, oh, oh, this looks really good on her, but I don't think this is what she wanted. In my mind, because of the subconscious mind is so strong, I believe that my limited belief caused her to cut it one to two inches shorter, like my limited belief set. And also Mm -hmm. the universe doesn't know. No, when you say, I don't want it past my collarbones, don't say what you don't want, say what you want. And so this is a powerful shift in consultations because there's been so many times behind the chair where I was like, what in the actual hell? Like I did everything right. Like, why did this turn out this way? And I'm sure we've all had that moment where it's, it's almost like, like you're, you're 
you're like, every single thing was right. Like, why did this turn out wrong? And I believe it's limited beliefs. So if you shift your verbiage into when they say, I don't want to be this, say, well, what do you want? Mm -hmm. Because then you get your, both your subconscious minds on board and there's no potential for your subconscious to take over and to do something because your client has a limited belief and beliefs are strong. And so this is something I feel like is very interesting. That I haven't really talked about a lot because I really feel like this is impacting the hair world. And if we can just shift our verbiage into tell me what you want, then we might be able to um, not have those situations happen. And I'm curious what you guys think about that. Ooh, I like this because, okay, two things came up for me. One is that I think it's like natural when people have had bad experiences to lead with what I don't want. And thinking back now, I I almost think that we subconsciously don't push beyond that. And so what you're saying is to actually ask for an affirmative. So you're not just accepting, okay, they don't want this. So either you're asking your client, what do you want? Or you're like stating and saying like, okay, so you want X and Y or whatever. And then they're having a chance to affirm that. And I think that that's like from an energetic perspective, brilliant. And then from a communication and clarity perspective, because sometimes like, you know, when it comes to, and I talk about this all the time in marketing, but I think it's important when it comes to communication too. Sometimes we want so badly to be clever and to like sound, you know, use all these fancy words and this verbiage. And I am so guilty of this because I'm like such a literature nerd. And so being wordy is my natural zone. That is where I love to hang out. But when it comes to communication and marketing and all of the things, Shooting for clarity is what you want to do. And so if you can have someone state in plain language, like this is what I want, it's going to make a world of difference in your consultations for tons of reasons. So I love that, Lindsay. It reminds me of kids. Don't they say this about kids where like, if you tell your, like, so my eight-year-old, if I say, do not do this, then their mind is thinking about the thing that you tell them not to do. But if you say, Mm -hmm. hey, do this, like you say what you, you want them to do, that's where their mind goes. So it's kind of, I I feel like it's similar. Is that right? Yeah. 100% (laughs) because the universe doesn't know. No, Hmm. that's why I got, I got rid of can't wait. Like, can like anything that's, 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 um, the no part, like the negative part. Yeah. The negative, the universe doesn't know that. So it's saying, I don't want that. You're saying, I want that. Mm-hmm. And so with kids, kids don't hear no. They hear when you say don't do that, they hear do that. Right. Right. And so that's why telling them what they want or what you want them to do instead of what you don't want to do. So yeah, 100% it plays into that, which it's wild when you start thinking about that, but like that's manifestation instead of like if you if you think about what you don't want, you're going to get what you don't want. That that's exactly what this all plays into. If you're thinking about, oh my God, I don't want that to happen. 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 It's going to happen. And a couple of times, like I also had this happen with my, when I went blonde, I was like, I don't, I showed him photos and I was like, I don't want to be that blonde. And sure enough, I was that blonde and I was freaking out. I had a meltdown in the chair and my, my hairstylist, James, I love him because I, I'll verbally be like, I'm freaking out right now. And <laughs> 
he's like, it's okay. It's okay. I got you. We can always tone it down. I'm like, oh, but then afterwards I was like, oh my God, I love this. This is amazing. Um, so there's also points where, you know, you don't know until you know. So, and there's also the shock factor of like, there's some clients. So I think I know I've been this client with my, my hairstylist James. And I look in the mirror and after being a natural level six, seven for seven, eight months, and then seeing myself super blonde around the face, it's a shock and it takes time to acclimate. And so I think that's the other thing with, with consultations. It's like, and this is something with human design is that 50% of the population are, are really empaths. So we, we really feel into people's emotions and we, I, we make stories around them. So with half of my clients afterwards, they would say, oh my God, I love it. But it would feel like there was something wrong. And so they could be thinking about something completely different and they could be totally fine, but I felt like they hated their hair. And mm -hmm. so I would always be anxious and stressed out for like two months until they pre-booked and I wasn't pre-booking at that time. And it, so the other thing too, that I feel like really creates that luxury experience is giving your client, like at the end, especially if you can feel it if, if you're good at reading people and you can feel that they might not like it like sometimes they need a couple of days to adjust also we know after a couple of washes it's going to chill out a little bit so there's so many factors but explaining those things and letting them know I told this to my clients all the time especially if I could feel like they were like well, I don't really know and I knew it didn't look awful and it was very close to what they were wanting uh I was like, okay, you know, live in this for a couple of days, feel into it, see how you feel. And then I'll check in on you in a, in a week or so. And we can always adjust it and letting them know that I'll work with you. Like, but please let me know because I cannot help you if you don't let me know. And I think that's something that really reassures people. I know Missy, we had this conversation on one of our podcasts about checking in and it also gives you that validation, especially if you're freaked out that they might not like it. You're like, Hey, I just want to see, I always say, how are you feeling about your hair? Mm -hmm. Because we want feeling is everything. And I think if you, use, I use that verbiage of how I just want to check in and see how you're feeling about your hair, because that makes everything. It could be exactly what they wanted, but if they're not feeling a certain way about it, they're not going to like it. And so when you get to the feelings of it, then you can kind of work with them. Um, because I mean, doing hair is a lot, of, it's a lot of mindset, like with yourself and also working with other people who have limited beliefs, who have different ways of, of thinking and different perspectives than you. And also people who see different, like I was saying in the last episode, a girl who wanted like platinum hair, but she really liked a level, G, like a level nine G. And I was like, that's not platinum. Right. <laughs> like, and so it's really important to really get clear on on what, like try to get into the mind of your client as much as you can. Mm -hmm. Lindsay, I have to say something real quick. I think also with human design, I could speak on this when, when you and I had interacted is that it helps you step into your power. Mm -hmm. uh, it helps you accept certain parts of you that you may be, may have heard your parents say, why are you this way? And why are, you know, like, for instance, I love many different things as a manifesting generator, a multi-passionate, right? But I've been told from my significant other, he's like, can't you just stick to one thing? And I'm like, and then, you know, you hear that enough times. You're like, wow, maybe there is something wrong with me. 
And so I love how human design could really help you accept how, who you are, who you naturally are, and, and then how to show up really strong in the salon as well, using it with your clients. Yeah. Mm, I love that you brought that up. Jody. you're going to say something. Come up for me because when you were talking and I wanted to like discuss a little bit when you were talking uh, about, you know, the experience and mindset and all of these things, you guys know that I love alliteration and I love to come up with these like three. So I came up with three C's that just like popped into my head that I think are really important when it comes to the luxury experience. And then also what the other thing that came up for me, so I'm going to get into that, but when we talk about luxury, right? It's like, yes, there's all of these factors that come into it. But I think the one thing we haven't touched on is the energetics and the space holding that you need to personally be able to do for your clients. And I think that when you're providing a luxury experience, you need more space around it. So that's another reason why we have to look at, you know, it's not just like jacking up your prices and, and doing all this. It's because you need like what goes into the experience. And so the things that kind of popped into my head were like the customization factor, which I think is really important when you were talking about, you know, your, your colleague that would ask for the human design. And, you know, I've seen stylists who are asking like, you know, custom aromatherapy options or music options, things like that, that screams luxury to me. And that for me, I will pay a premium for that because I feel cared for. So the second C would be care. And that popped up for me when you were talking about following up with your clients, like even that in itself to me is an elevated luxury experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the third C, cause there had to be three, cause anyone that listened to this podcast or had a conversation with me for more than 15 minutes, will know that's how my brain works. <laughs> so the third one that came to me was connection. And I think that goes back to that energetic space holding for your clients and being able to really like, there's this quote and it's, if you're not a brand, you're a commodity. And so (laughs) that I love, because I think it's like, if you're not setting yourself apart and creating something special, then you are at the mercy of markets and commoditization, right? So this comes back to that connection and that special thing that you create between yourself and your clients and your experience. And that really elevates it to that luxury point as well. And I think all of this is tied in and really influenced by your mindset and your perception. And like you said, the way that you get into your own mind and that of your clients. So I'm curious as to what you, what you all think about that. Um, I freaking love that. And I think that something that came up when you were talking about connection and energetic space holding is energetic hygiene behind Mm. the chair. And this one is a big one because we all know that, that I, I would always go in. I had a pre-salon ritual and I would, on my drive to work, I had a salon playlist that would hype me up. And on the drive, I would be thinking about every single client and I'd visualize, okay, I know she's coming in for a balia. She's coming in for high impact blonde. She's coming in for whatever. And I would literally visualize from the moment that client walked in, how I was going to do their hair, what I was going to do for their formula. If I'd seen them before and visualize the whole thing, I'd get to the salon 30 minutes early I'd prep and I would breathe. And then I would show up amazing for the first client. 
And then we all know our energy starts draining by that last client. And what I didn't do at this time when I was doing hair is reset in between clients and have that energetic hygiene. So Mm -hmm. one of the things that is so freaking easy that I love doing is literally wiping your body off. So it's three, it's three wipes on each arm, three wipes on each leg, and then you shake the energy down into the earth. And that is especially good if you had a client who maybe was a little much energetically. Um, And then the other thing I would do would be to go in the back room or the bathroom or wherever, and just take six deep breaths in and out through your nose. And that calms your nervous system down. And I, I, I know I was guilty of this. And I know a lot of hairstylists, we just rush from client to client to client to client. And we don't give ourselves that time to reset. And you're doing your next client a disservice by not resetting. Yes. Yeah. like that's the thing, right? Like if you're charging luxury prices and you're calling it a luxury experience, every single client needs to be getting that experience. It's not so like, if you're like, I see sometimes the word like luxury thrown around. And if you're like, if you're in the volume industry, there's nothing wrong with that, but it it would be very difficult for you to, to provide that. And so Lindsay, that is, that's amazing. That really, set off a ton of light bulbs for me. So thank you for sharing. Yeah, of course. And wrapping it up for the last, um, like also the other thing is coming home. Like we take on so much energy and I know I used to do this. I would come home and I'd be drained and I would sometimes be on my phone, like connecting with clients. And then I wouldn't be connected to my partner and he would complain about it. And I'd be like, well, I'm a business. I have to respond to them and blah, blah, blah. And I would be in this energy of just not a good energy. And so having a post salon ritual as well, um, some like the music, car dancing, music, rolling the windows down, getting some breath, like fresh air on your face, taking a shower, wiping yourself off. Like that is a beautiful way to disconnect and leave it at home. Like have office hours. Don't respond to your, you don't need to respond to them after you had a long day at work. Like just giving yourself that time so that you can really be fresh for the next day. Cause if you don't, if you don't wipe it off, if you don't get rid of it, it's going to, it's going to seep into the, to the rest of your life. And I think it's really ultimately you have to put yourself first because you are dealing with so much energy from other people and, and do the best that you can to, to really like Jody said, so that you can give your hundred percent to every single client, not just client number one. Yeah. Amen to that. All right, friends, that concludes part two of this four-part series. Again, if you missed number one, go back to episode 125, give it a listen, and look out for episode number three on April 24th. If you like what you hear, please reach out to one of us, let us know you want more, and we will give it to you. Once again, thank you for listening to the Cash Confident Stylist Podcast. I appreciate each and every one of my listeners more than you know. If you like what you hear, please screenshot this episode, share it with a friend, share it on social media, and don't forget to tag me, Misty Jane, and the podcast at Cash Confident Stylist Podcast. You can even take it a step further and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Talk with you on the next one.